Again, I'm so grateful for each person that's here today. It's just amazing to me how precious each person is. And we need to just, I don't know if you want to just take a moment and just receive of God's love over us right now because this is so really precious. He doesn't see this as just a, you know, just putting in our time or obligation or anything like that. And it's, it's, not, it's not works that we have. It's the relationship that we have here today that we get to come together and, and uh, discover God. And man, we're, we're just getting started. Aren't you glad? This is eternity. This is, this, this is what we're, we're going to be doing forever is discovering uh, the reality of who he is and who he is in us. Um, you know, it's, it's so interesting to me to look around and isn't it cool how he makes all of us different? You know, we all look different. It's kind of handy, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> my phone even knows who I am. <laughs> it wakes up when I look at it, you know, because we're all, we're, we're, we're all unique and we're wonderful. And, and, and it's, and it's amazing how, you know, uh, each one of us are like a masterpiece. And, and you know, if we get hung up on whether or not we, you know, there's somebody that looks better than us or not or something like that, we miss out on the whole point. Because he sees each one of us as, as precious and, and worth being with. He, man, this is, this is a revelation, isn't it? That is so necessary for us that he wants to not just know us, he wants to be one with us. Amen. Isn't that cool? Amen. It's like, I had a couple girlfriends before my wife. But when I got my wife, we're not just liking each other. We're one. We're one together. Amen? And that's kind of what God, you know, he says, I don't want to just know you. I don't want you just to come in here and praise me. Let's, let's be one. Let's connect. Let's have the same heart. Let's have the, the same purpose in our lives. Amen? So I'm going to talk about this some more. We're going to keep hanging out on this for a while because, man, this is really on my heart. I don't, I don't want us to just be a body that is connected in name. Let's, let's really fulfill the passion of Jesus in becoming one. I know it's, it's already happening. Did you know that the word doesn't return void? That when you present it, it's continuing to work and to accomplish what its purpose is. And so I speak that over our body right now. I say, we are, do you sense it already? I, I really sense it. You know, I know I was talking, with, we were talking in prayer the other day. This, I, I really believe it's, it, there's a spiritual um, blessing that comes from this. That as we get in, in unity, this is what God wants to see. He, he desires to see us living in unity together. And so, um, so I'm going to talk today about being a minister, a minister of connection. All right? So this isn't just something that we get. We've, we've gone through this and we've seen that it's, it's actually really necessary. Anything that you get involved with, that you get connected with the organization that's going to make this take place. Right? So if you, if you want to be on a, a winning football team, it's kind of important to get on the team. You know? <laughs> you, you don't just say, uh, I'm the team. No, you, you get on the team, right? And, uh, and then once you are, this is something that my, my, my son Hunter helped me with. I've been a Broncos fan all my life. I was born a Broncos fan. I was born a Christian. <laughs> I mean, it's like all these things, you know, it's like the blood's flowing through your veins. You know, you don't even get a choice. But, <laughs> but, but uh, man, I've, I've been through thick and thin with the Broncos. I mean, you know, it's, it's been rough. I've, and, and, I, and, it's, and it's really revealing. You know, didn't you like how Buddy shared uh, the, the offering here this morning? I, and he's talking about not being emotional while he's crying. It's like, a, that was great. I, I love this. <laughs> about how we don't have to respond to our emotions. And um, anyway, uh, but it's revealing how connected you are to something by what it does to you, by its success, what it does to you or its failure. And I found out that in many times I've been way too connected to the Broncos because they got beat up and, and it just, man, it just messes up your day, you know, right? So I didn't realize this, but my son kind of helped me with it. He doesn't talk about the Broncos as being like another group. He's a Bronco. 
when he talks about them, he says, we. <laughs> it's us. We're, we're, we're connected. This is who we are, right? <laughs> I've never even been to their field, and yet I'm one of them. <laughs> but, but there's a reality in this that, you know what? The Broncos would be nothing without fans. So when you think about Broncos, uh, and I, okay, just hang with me, okay? This, this is kind of a good analogy. When you think about Broncos, it, you know, it, it's not just the quarterback. You know, they have some people on their staff that do not look athletic at all. In fact, a lot of times the coaches, it's like, man, they need to work out. <laughs> you know, they need to lay off some donuts, you know? <laughs> Why? Because athleticism isn't all there is to having a team. It takes every person to do that, and they have to believe in the role that they're taking. And I'm telling you what, fans believe in their roles. <laughs> they take their shirts off when it's freezing and, and color themselves up with stuff. Why? Because they are a Bronco from wherever they're at. You know, I saw something similar to this, and I was just thinking about this. Uh, I don't know if y'all are driven up the the toll road from the airport. You know, you go down just 71, you hit the toll road. Ever, anybody notice a new structure going in over there? I mean, I, I, so I pull up, and I turn, and I think, man, that looks like a massive car garage because it, it was just being built, you know. And until I saw the exit sign, it said Tesla Drive. I'm thinking, oh, this is where he's doing his thing, you know? And, you know, there's a guy, he, he's got a name, you know, the owner of the, I won't, I won't glorify his name, but, 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 but did you know that uh, there's a whole bunch of people that make Teslas, that are Tesla manufacturers? Everybody that works there. They have a HR department. They have everybody is involved in making that, it, 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 they're connected to produce something that's of worth. Does that make sense? And I think there's a, there's a connection with this that, 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 you know, and we've been studying this thing in, in men's, and, and he's been pointing out how we are the body of Christ. That means we're, we're, we're Christ. We're together with him. Just like I'm a Bronco, I'm a Christ. <laughs> you know, it, it's, we're, we're not actually him, but we're connected to him. And if we're connected to him, we're connected to his power. We're connected to everything that he is. Amen? As he is, so are we in this earth. Right? <laughs> but it's only to the level that you believe that. I mean, you gotta will, you gotta be willing to take your shirt off and bait yourself. You know, it's like <laughs> really believe it. You know, somehow <laughs> it's it's, it's got to get down to the reality of your life. I, and, 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 and and you know, it will it will change how you interact with people, or you're not really full of the revelation of it yet. That's why Paul in Ephesians says, "I pray that you would have a revelation." Of just really what happened to you because you don't realize that you were born a Bronco. <laughs> you have his blood flowing in your veins. You know, I didn't really mean Bronco. I mean, you know what I mean, okay. But when we are, when we are born into Christ, we get a lot of things that are connected with him and we also become ministers. You know, I had a guy prophesy to me. My dad was a pastor, and I had a guy prophesy to me in our church one time. He said, you're going to be just like your dad. You're going to be a pastor. I said, I rebuke that. <laughs> you know, sometimes when we're looking at the mirror, we just don't see a minister in there, you know. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? <laughs> But when God looks at us, it's just like everybody that's, that's working for Tesla is a car manufacturer, you know? Everybody that's a Broncos fan is a Bronco, you know? Uh, 
And every, when you get born into Christ, you are a minister. Do <laughs> you see the correlation? This isn't something that is optional. When you get into Christ, unless you're just not showing up for work, you know, which might happen. But if you show up and you're living this, this life he's given it, we're going to be ministers because that's what we, that's what we get. Amen? And we're ministers of the very thing that, that brought us into this kingdom in the first place. We're ministers. Now, there's a, the reason why I say connection is because I'm not real familiar with the word reconciliation. I'm not an accountant. Any, any accountant? Oh, we do have an accountant. Yeah, I know we've talked about this before. But reconciliation is when something's out of whack on a ledger, right? And you have to reconcile it. You have to make it right. You have to bring it together. And you may have to make it to where it connects and it works. So when I'm looking at this, I'm, I'm thinking, how, how can I relate to this? Let's make this a minister of connection. Where you're going to make things that are disconnected, that are out of line, you bring them into alignment. Amen? And if we know Christ, it's because somebody was a minister in our life. Somebody shared that, right? Okay, so let's look at John 17, 23. And, and, and again, this is Jesus' passion. How many, you know, how many would like to really fulfill Jesus' passion? I mean, this is his passionate prayer for us. Isn't it amazing? Man, read this whole 17th uh, chapter. It's, it's really, it's a tearjerker, right? Okay. I in them and you in me that they may be made perfect in one. What is that perfection? That means there's an, a necessity of something being made right. It's out of alignment, but it needs to be made right. And so his prayer is, he's getting ready to do a work that will enable this, make it possible, right? And isn't it, you know, you would think that if Jesus is going to do this, he, he need not pray it. It's just going to happen. No, there's a power in our prayer. And you get an insight into what, what is, is, took place on the cross by what Jesus prays. Amen? And that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Wow. So I was right what I was talking about a little bit earlier, right? He loves us so much. He wants to be one with us. Amen? So this is where we got off on this in the first place. And man, this should be something we go back to all the time. It's like, Jesus, you want me to be one with you. You don't want me to just serve you. You want me to be one with you. Amen? In fact, service is enabled by unity. Because it's no longer me trying to do something to acquire a position. It's me doing something because I have acquired a position. Amen? So 2 Corinthians 5, 16. So we are ministers of connection, all right? I'm going to read this. There's a whole passage here, and I, um, man, the, the, the one part is what we really draw out a lot of times, that we've been made a new creation, and old things have passed away, and everything's been made new, right? And this is a reality, and yet it requires a transformation for us to live in the reality of it, right? It's an inward reality that requires an outward uh, progression for something to take place. Amen? And so, I'm going to read this, and we'll draw things out as we go, all right? 2 Corinthians 5, 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him, thus, no longer. It's said, we're not just looking at things on the outward appearance anymore. It's not the outward part that we are connected to. And this is the part that we get so used to. I mean, this is how we find our mate, right? It's by how they look. That's the first click. If they don't look right, right? <laughs> then everything else kind of lines up after. All right, I might just be revealing myself. I don't know. <laughs> but, but I'm glad I got that right. I'm glad I got that right. Uh, 
you know, and then they want you to like their brains and their spirits and all that kind of stuff after the work. But, but, <laughs> but, but you have to get through that part, right? But, but we get so used to judging people according to what we think, even how somebody is. You know, buddies, buddies, we're going to do some stuff here in the church too about d- discovering what's going on on the inside of people. Because we get so used to looking at somebody's facial expression, how they act in a certain situation, and deciding what they're thinking on the inside based upon what we see on the outside. Right? And either choosing to hook up with them or even subconsciously disqualifying them from some place in our life. Does that make sense? And here's, this is why it's so necessary. You know, we've been told to love each other and, and just like we love God and love ourselves. But how does that happen? This is a very a necessary part of this. You don't just get a love sermon and say, okay, I'm going to go love. Well, how does that enable? It's enabled by this, by, by finding out that we've actually been connected. We've been made one with the Holy One. And if I've been made one with the Holy One, then this person here has two. Amen? And now I can no longer look on the outside to determine what's going on on the inside. And even by faith, I can disqualify outward things and begin to declare inward things. Amen? All right. There's more to it. All right. This is the part that we like. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Don't you like that? It doesn't say some things or just the things that you like. or No, all things. Everything's been made new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. This sounds like a connection, doesn't it? God is not so concerned. You know, this is this is a revelation for me. You know, and, and sin is a problem, but why is it a problem? Does God not like the actual act? Or does he not like what the actual act does to relationship? That's why he hates things. Why does he hate murder? Because you've just violated your own heart and your confidence towards him. And you've actually taken out somebody else that he loves very preciously. Amen? So all these things have to be become new in him. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us. <laughs> Say, when's that going to happen? Too late. We like the too late phrase, right? Too late. It's, it's already happened. If you become in new Christ, the new, you know, a lot of times when we read this, we, we, we want to say, oh, we start putting our own image on the new things. Oh, yeah. I get new stuff. I get it. <laughs> you know? But what are those new things? And God has an image of that. He said, I... I have made you new. I've taken care of the old, the junk that could hold you back. What, what are weights? They are things that keep you from running a race, aren't they? That's why sin, that's why, that's why sickness, that's why oppression and depression are things that are not of God that he wants to deliver us from. Amen? That we've already been given freedom over. Why? So we can just go on without any more problems in our life and just have a good old time? No, so that we can fulfill what we've already been made to be, a minister. Amen? So there's an adjustment of perception of others. Now we don't look at others that way anymore either. Each one we look around and we say, oh, they're not qualified to be a minister. They have to go to Bible school. They have to have prayed long enough. They have, have to, they have to get enough word in them before they're... You know what? There is a qualification in that regard. But you know what they do over in... in uh, my, my father has gone to Nepal for years. And uh, you know, they, they get... 
They get people saved from up in the mountains that have, uh, have their own language. And it hasn't even been established as, as a language that you can write yet. And so they'll get people saved from those areas. And these guys are fresh. I mean, they're brand new Christians. They have, but you know what? They are, they are brand, all things have been made new. All things have passed away. They are brand new. They have already been made a minister of reconciliation. And what do they need? Do they need to know the whole Bible to go back and share? No, they just need a testimony of what God's already done in their life. And they do. And they go back and they, they, they're a minister. You know what? All it takes is an encounter with God to be a minister. Amen? In fact, some of the best ministry comes from somebody that hasn't become tainted by things in the world. Amen? Okay. All right, let me keep going. All right, we're doing good. That is, that is that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. Don't you like that? And we're going to get to something about this that's really critical. This is necessary. The removal of trespasses as disqualification. And he, so he, he said, we're ministers of reconciliation. So do you see how this love thing needs this? You have to remove a disqualification of trespass. Because in our natural flesh, we say, but you don't know what they did. You don't know what, what happened. Well, this verse applies to that person that did something to you, just as it does to you. And the more you get in this, now the way to forgiveness is not just trying to not feel something. It's to intentionally begin to say what God says over that person in spite of what their actions say. Amen? Because that's what God does for us. He doesn't impute our trespasses against us. No, he sees us in Christ and has committed to us this word of reconciliation. So how's this getting done? Ah, uh, God's just, he's, don't you know, he's just going to do whatever he's going to do. And people are going to do whatever they're going to do. No, he's given us a ministry of reconciliation for this to take place. So we're talking about it right now. But here's what's so necessary in the body is because we're supposed to encourage each other in this. Amen? Because I don't know about you, but I get challenged in all of these areas. Yeah. Right? In fact, when the word comes, the challenge comes. Right. When you give a, I mean, I've experienced this this past week. It's amazing. I'll present something and I get challenged the greatest in that area. And what is necessary for me to recede and to hide and to say I'm going to grow in God by myself or to come and to be a part of the body and, and to be encouraged to sing a song that's going to lift me up out of this. Amen? Amen? Amen. We need each other, yes. right? Because God has given us a ministry and it's not just for me. This is the thing. We're, uh, a lot of times... You, somebody says, well, do you like that church? Well, I don't know. Or, you know, we, we give an assessment of a church based upon what it's doing for us. You know what I mean? <laughs> and God says, but I've made you a minister. What are you doing there? Yeah. What difference are you making? Come on. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay, let's keep going. Matt, we kind of got down there for a second. No, we're going to get back up. All right. Now then, we are ambassadors. Pastor Kim used this, this passage in, uh, in prayer. We are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He's talking to Christians, isn't he? So this, there's this encounter that we have with God in, in his word. That every time we allow his word to bring transformation in our lives, we begin to see ourselves in Christ, we're being reconciled. Amen? This disconnect is being removed and connect is being enabled. And Jesus' passion is being fulfilled in us. Amen? 
but it always requires this, okay, I'm not good where I am without revelation. I need more revelation. Amen? For me, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. So that's what we've been made to be in him. Amen? All right, let's keep going here. So, Mark 16, 15. So we've, we've established. Everybody agree? I know this might be a revelation for you. You might have to say it by faith. But say, I am a minister. I am a minister. All right. We all have our own vision of what that looks like. Let's kind of see what uh, some scriptures have to say about it. Okay. So Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach what? The gospel to every creature. Now, we've already seen what some of this is, but what is the gospel? It's good news, isn't it? It's, it's simply good news. And so gospel will be different things for different people. You know, if you have a sickness, what's good news to you? I'm healed. If you have a, a, a monetary lack, what's good news to you? Jesus became poor so that I could be rich. Amen? <laughs> if you're, if you're, you know, it, it, it doesn't do any good to know that grace is greater than all of your sin if you're still bound by it. Just to say that it's already covered doesn't keep you from the bondage of it if you're in it. You have to be freed from it, right? So gospel to somebody that's in sin is power over sin. Amen? But it's not power in your flesh, it's power in your relationship, right? All right. So Jesus said, he said, well, well, first of all, we saw that we are made to be ministers of reconciliation, right? But now he says, you're going to go and you're going to preach. You're going to, now, again, when we think of preach, let's, let's don't feel like you have to get a microphone. Preaching is just declaring anything. Everything that comes out of your mouth becomes a preach opportunity. In fact, we went to, to dinner a couple of nights ago. And right in the middle of dinner, I, I realize I'm preaching. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it right now. <laughs> We're just supposed to be having a good time, not preaching. But, you know, that should be what happens, is, is what comes out of us. You know, out of, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And, you know, we were just reading this, that Jesus said, it's not what goes into your mouth that corrupts you, it's what comes out. And it's also what comes out, what establishes you also, Right? So anyway, he's saying to go and to preach. What's that going to be? Everything that comes out of your mouth needs to be good things. Needs to be things that are established in Christ. Amen? Let's go to Psalm 27. I just want to hit some of this goodness. So I'm going I'm to hammer on goodness a little bit because I believe this is what God wants to impart through us as ministers of reconciliation. And we'll see why. Because it's not... It's not condemnation. It's not telling you what's wrong with you that's going to fix you. It's goodness. It's what you are in Christ. Amen? The discovery of your own problems does never, well, it might help you to find out how to work on them, but it usually doesn't have much help. It's the goodness of God. In fact... (laughs) It's like the little kids, you know, you tell them to sit down and they don't want to sit down. And when they sit down, they say, I might be sitting down on the outside, but I'm sitting, standing up on the inside, right? Because it doesn't do any good to get a behavioral change if there's not an internal change. And this is where it comes from. And, and, and it's the goodness of God. So I, I just want to put this in context real quick because there is, there is a consequence for sin. There's a consequence for uh, being um, disconnected, for not being reconciled. There's a consequence for it. But to just focus on the consequence keeps you in a place of oppression and bondage. But when you start looking at the good side, that's the gospel. 
that though you deserve hell, Jesus gives you heaven. Amen? All right. So Psalm, I'm just going to hit Psalm because if we're going to get connected to the heart of God, David was the man uh, after God's own heart, right? And he, he says some things about goodness that's really pretty cool. So let me just look at a few of them. There's more, but this is going to be fun. So just uh, get your fork out and let's eat these real quick, okay? Hearts are drawn to goodness. So Psalm 27, 13, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He's saying, this goes right to my heart. The goodness of God is something that my heart can't be sustained unless I have hope in the goodness of God. And he knows this. This kept him when he, he failed miserably. You know, commits adultery and murder in the same week. And yet, can go back to God and say, God, forgive me. Create a new heart in me. Make me right. Why? Because he trusts in the goodness of God. Amen? God does not want to destroy us. God's not looking forward to judging the earth with fire. He wants, to, he wants everybody to be saved. Amen? All right, let's look, at, let's look at another one here in Psalm, Psalm 31, 19. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you. See, he understands this necessity of being reconciled to God because there's goodness there. Oh, this becomes the message that Jesus said to go share, to proclaim, to pr preach is the goodness of God, not the condemnation. which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. Don't you like that one? All right, here's another one. Psalm 61, 11, or 65, 11. You crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. Man, he, he just waxes, doesn't he? He just waxes eloquent. It's like, David, you're so good at just coming up with so many different ways of saying Kind of. Now, I encourage you to read this, this uh, 107th Psalm because it goes on and on about God's goodness, about how it touches every aspect of our life, that God is looking to bless us everywhere. And you know, God did not change with Christ. <laughs> he wants to bless us. Amen? He didn't say, oh, Christ is here now, so you're going you're gonna to get close to me by putting yourself down. No, this God of abundance wants to bless us. Amen? Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for what? You know, it's, it's really hard to give thanks for something that you're not aware of. <laughs> That's why the gospel has to be preached. Oh, Jesus loves you so much. <laughs> Amen? For his goodness. For his wonderful works for the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with what? Goodness. Oh. How many have been drawn to the goodness of God? Amen? Don't you just love his goodness? You know, in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. I didn't hear myself talking about how much I'm going to be judged. <laughs> That's, there's a side of God that is that. But what do we preach and what are we drawn to? And what changes us? What puts us on a different path from, from bondage and defeat? It's not the condemnation. It's the goodness. Amen? And this is what God wants to do for us. This is what he's longing to and this is what he's going to make us ministers of, of goodness. Amen? John 3, 16 through 17. Braden can say this whole passage. So this is, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not a son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Man, this is the gospel, isn't it? Amen?
All right, let me keep going. Romans 5, 8. So goodness is over judgment, but God demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Man, this is revelation. So when we're, when we're being told to be reconciled to God, what keeps us from being reconciled? How many have any issues in your life that like to haunt you and say that you can't go to his presence? Anytime we mess up, the enemy wants to say, you can't go there until you fix that. He wants to take you back to the law and say, you have to do this first before God's going to accept you. And, and, and God says, no. Come back to me first. Amen? Be reconciled to me, and my goodness will help your repentance. Amen? Isn't this good? So to connect with his heart is to become a minister of this. We're, we're all, we already, you already said it. It's too late. You are a minister, right? You've already claimed it, okay? And what are we ministers of? Jesus t told us to go and to proclaim the good news. Amen? We're not supposed to go. You know, sometimes the perception of the world of Christians is that we are too better than everybody, or we think we are. <laughs> We're not. But, but we think we are in ourselves, right? And they think that we're judging other people. And... Um, you know, we had Buddy sharing this on, on Thursday with him. If, if, you're, if you're not able to make it to men's, I understand. But if, you, if there's any way you can make it, we, we have some really good times going on. Some really good food and some really good word. And, and um, I think we're really growing together. And uh, Buddy was just sharing some things about, you know, he, he works in the world. And, um, you know, there's, there's um, he doesn't separate himself and act like he's, better than anybody else. You know, he, he might not do some things, but he doesn't impart condemnation for those that do. And because of that, it opens up a window of opportunity to say, well, what's different about this guy? He's, well, he's better than you. No, 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 no. No. No, he's encountered a good God. That makes him to where he doesn't have to do those things. Amen? You know, Jesus hung out with the publicans and the sinners. He wasn't there to condemn them. He said, I didn't come to condemn anybody. I came to save. Amen? But there needs to be, there, there does need to be a transformation in there. Because there are things that we can do that are, are not... They're not from God. There's things that, you, that, that can come out of your mouth that can, you know, attitudes you can have and all these kinds of things. And it's never our ministerial position to reveal that. It's our ministerial position to reveal the goodness of God. If somebody is in error, their heart already knows it. What they need to know is that in spite of their own self-condemnation, there is forgiveness in Christ. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> See, what's good about this is you can, you can smile and you can be happy. Right? I, you know, I, I don't need to feel worse about something to get better. I need to believe in who I am in Christ. Amen? Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Isn't that cool? So you don't magnify evil to get free of it. What you magnify more is what you get more of. And if we've been given it, now we are supposed to actually... Where it does the most good is when you start activating it by faith. Amen? You know, um, even as I'm sharing right now, some of the best things that you will discover for yourself 
or when you are sharing them for somebody else. Why? Because now it's a connection issue. It's not just about you. You're not just a, 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 a pond that's just getting stale. But you have an outflow. If you, if you want to have an if you want to have a, a st- fix a stale problem, get an outflow, and there'll be a, a there'll be a, a solution. Amen. That's why He makes us to be ministers of reconciliation, of being right with God, of connection. Oh, you need to find out about my God. I know your impression of somebody's God is maybe you don't like that, but man, you need to hear about my God. Man, I messed up, and he, and he he's good to me anyway. He blessed me in spite of myself. Amen? Romans 2, 4. And this, man, this pretty much says it straight up. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? So if you want to read the rest of that, he's talking about judging people. He's talking about being judgmental. He says, don't you realize how much God has forgiven you, right? And it's not your judgment, but it's God's goodness that leads them to repentance. Amen? Sometimes people just need to know how much we love them. They need to just know how much God loves them. Amen? And how much God has already made them right in Christ. They just need to get close to him. You know, I went to college to study music. And I could sign up for all the classes I want. I could, I could sign up for, um, you know, personal piano and guitar lessons and everything else. But if I never showed up and sat there with the instructor and let them teach me anything, <laughs> I could be paid for and I could go through the whole year and say I went to college and I'd be... Maybe I went to college, but I never got anything out of it. We have so much. Amen? All right. Let's go to Romans eleven twenty-two. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God. On those who fell, severity, but toward you, goodness. If you continue in his goodness, otherwise you also will be cut off. So there is another side of this. There is judgment. Our God is a consuming fire. Why? Because he doesn't allow unholiness. He's a holy God. He will not compromise holiness. But that does not disable his goodness. It magnifies his goodness because he's so much that way, he makes it to where nobody has to perish. But everyone can have, good, have life because of what he gave, because of his love. Amen? I know y'all are the choir, but this is good, isn't it? And it's good for us to, to be reminded and to be encouraged in this and to understand that to connect to God is to connect to his passion and his heart. And for our life to not just be about our families, our occupation, our dreams but to fulfill the kingdom. And Jesus said, if you'll seek the kingdom first, all these other things will follow you instead of precede you. Amen? So it says, consider this, because if you're having a problem with God, it might be that you're not being reconciled to him. Because the very thing that is good becomes a problem, becomes a stumbling block for those who don't want to be reconciled to him. There will be giving up of things, but it's a (laughs) no-brainer. Amen? All right, Romans 1, 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the... Power. And this is one other thing I wanted to, to, to point out here. That, that when we are ministers of reconciliation, we are presenting the goodness of God. Amen? That he's not wanting to condemn. He's wanting to make them right. But we're also presenting the power of God. 
The gospel is the power of God. What is that? I don't need a God that's just good, just sitting out apart from me, not ready to do something about it. I want him to be active in my life. Amen? It's not just enough, you know, we can say, how many believe God can do anything? Yeah, everybody, you know, raise their hand, God can do anything. How many believe he's doing something right now? Because that's the power of God. And that's, that becomes part of the ministry of reconciliation. Because a lot of times people have a disconnect from God because of a disbelief in his power or his willingness to do what he said he's already going to do. Right? So, I believe that God has taken us to this. To be a minister of the power in the gospel, we have to be living in it. We have to be activating the power on a daily basis. We have to have victory over these little things in our life. Amen? And we've been given the power in the word of God to do this. This is the good news we've been given. But it's, again, it's not just for us. We, it's to be given to somebody else. Amen? For the Jew first and also for the Greek. All right. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close here in this last passage. It's, it's really kind of an amazing one. Ministers of, of connection, goodness, power, and salvation. These are the things we've kind of focused on as being part of that, right? Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling. How many have been called? You know, there's, there's a passage that says, many are called, but few are chosen. And somebody think, you can say, I haven't been chosen, so I don't have to do anything. <laughs> but I think, it more, I think it more like this, you know, everybody's called, but who answers the phone, you know? Who answers the phone are the ones that are chosen, you know, the ones that get to actually be a part of it, Right? <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Therefore, we also pray, uh, pray always for you that, that our God would count you worthy of this calling. So there is this counting on God's part of what we're doing with what we've been called to do. We've all been made to be ministers. What are we doing with it? And God actually cares about that. He's invested so much that he's saying, what? Are you doing, this goes back to that, that parable of, of the talents, right? What are you doing with this great investment? And quit telling me you're not this. I told you you were. Right? And fulfill all the what kind? Good pleasure of his goodness. And the work of faith with power. And then that's kind of putting it all in a verse here for us. Isn't that cool? <laughs> that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you. Ah. Amen. You know, this is better than a what would Jesus do bracelet. You know? This is. This is becoming one with Jesus. And not just something that he might decide to do or not do in a, in a particular situation. What comes out of his mouth? What, what ministry is taking place through him? And that, that needs to be what is in us. I think it's interesting. They're praying for this continually. Oh, this is a continual process. This is a continual progression in our lives. Talk about being progressive. I want to be progressive in this way, right? It's like, I, I, I want to grow in this, right? That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him. Ah, did you know you can be glorified in him? Wow. According to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the power of God that we did not deserve, that we cannot achieve, that we cannot do nothing about, but because of his love, the grace of God enables us. Amen? Hallelujah. Isn't this good? 
God has a purpose for us, and I'm, I'm telling you, this word right now of being a minister of this is necessary for where God wants us to go as a body. Amen? You know, when, you, when everybody that, that signs up to work there at the Tesla manufacturing place, I'm sure they go in and talk, talk to HR and find out what their role is. And they get to work there as long as they do their role. As long as they fulfill their role, right? They have to show up. They have to do. You know what? We've been given a position in heavenly places far above all principalities and powers. And we go and we have to find out from the word of God what our role is. Amen? And then we need to show up. We're going to show up in our homes. We're going to show up in our workplace. We're going to look different. We're going to, what comes out of our mouth is going to be the life of God. Amen? Death and life are in the power of our tongue. And then, I believe the more we operate in this, the more we are connected to the heart of God and to his body, to his word, fulfilling our part in it. You know, I've, I've heard this a lot lately because we've been given a promise that these signs shall follow those that believe. What's the disconnect? I think this is part of it. Amen? Getting hooked up with this and growing in it. We've, we've lived so long in something else. <laughs> lived so long in Egypt <laughs> as slaves. <laughs> We're afraid to go into the promised land, you know? But no, we, we have a promised land where all the giants fall and the walls fall and, and we win and we overcome and we eat good and we live in freedom. Amen? And it's all because of the grace of God. And it's all because we are made to be in him and he's in us. Amen?